something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio in Lake Wales, Florida home of the premier radio bowling talk show. PBA USBC Hall of Famer Len Nicholson started this show in 2002, and since then he's recorded over 1,200 shows featuring over 450 different guests. That's a literal who's who in bowling. In 1995, Len finished his lane conditioning relationship with the PBA in that same year. John Davis of the Kegel Company did ask him for his professional lane maintenance guidance. He's been with Kegel ever since. It's always fun and informative, and now the Phantom Radio Junior Bowling Club is here for all you future PBA Hall of Famers. The Phantom will tell you more. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Cagle Company. Well, Phantom fans, this week's guest was just here with us about a month ago, and as promised, we said we would have him back again and you have heard his impressive bio many times before, and he has virtually done everything in this great game. And a while back, he said he was going to retire, but he can't stop with all his contributions. And we're going to talk to him about one of those contributions here again this week. He was on, like I said, about a month ago, talking about all the pictures that he puts on Facebook and I want to get that website address, whatever, so people can go look. He's got one on almost every other day or so, it seems like. But let's get about here again. My buddy, the Hall of Famer, Jim Goodwin. Hello, Jim, and welcome back to the show. Hello, Phantom. Actually, it's not every other day. It's it's every day. That's why it's called the photo of the day. <laughs> See, <laughs> I knew you'd be... You'd make sure I got it right because I've learned so much from you over the years. I can't possibly write it all down because I appreciate everything you've ever done for me. And I've told you that a million times, but I'm going to tell you a million more times because, you know, you don't ever get anywhere without anybody helping you. And, and I appreciate all the help you've ever done for me. But, you know, like I mentioned, the last time you were here, we showed a lot of the pictures that you put, talked about and they're on there. As you say, every day is a new one. And what do you say about every picture? What does it do? Well, every every picture tells a story is what is what I uh, pegged it. And you know, we've got six years of them up there now, so a couple of thousand uh, photos, all related to uh, the great people in bowling. I know you told me you wanted to highlight some of them and and go ahead and pick some out. And so I've been doing that religiously and. I don't know, we talked about 20 of them or so the last time you were here, and I got another list. I'm going to refresh your memory with some of them because I'm just going to give you a hint. Even though last time I caught you off guard a little bit by saying, well, which one's your favorite? You know, and it's a tough choice when you see all these pictures from the past and all the relationships we've made over the years. But here's the first one. It's two guys. Two Hall of Famers. One guy was called Deadeye, and the other guy was 
Kiss initials, W.R.W. Jr. Who are those two guys? Walter Ray Williams, you know, Jr., I guess, is, is obviously W.R.W., but who, who's the other one? I missed that. Dead Eye. Oh, Dead Eye. Oh, that's the same guy. That's that's Walter Ray. <laughs> I, was trying yeah. to fool you. I was trying to fool you. Yeah, there, but... Walter Ray's nickname is Dead Eye. <laughs> I couldn't catch you off guard there. You know, people always try and turn the tables on me. Once in a while, I try to do that to them, but I always get busted. But the other guy in that picture was another great player. He was bowler of the year, David Ozio. Uh, so, oh, yeah. yeah. Would you, you tell us a little bit about each one of those guys? Oh, gosh. You know, Walter Ray, a lot of people consider him the greatest of all time. You know, he and Earl and, and uh, Weber and a few others are in that conversation. And uh, But when it comes to style, you know, if you want to teach someone how to bowl, you should just show them a video of David Ozio because, you know, he uses all of the uh, techniques that that people aspire to. And uh, probably no one in the history of the game has ever had a a better looking game than David Ozio and it's paid off for him. I think he's won 10 or 15 titles with it. Yeah. And the hall of fame. You're right about yeah. his style. What a great style he had. All right. So we could spend an hour on each one of these people, but I want to get to as many as we can. I want to focus in a little bit on some of the cartoons you have on there. One of my favorite guys of all time that I met, uh, Walt Steinziak, guy was a great cartoonist, uh, something behind the scenes that had you think about. It was a thoughtful kind of a cartoon, and they were funny. You had something called the Sunday Funnies, right? Yeah, Walt, Walt is a – we had two um, two cartoonists with Stars of the Strikes for 27 years. Walt, Walt Steinsick was our primary guy, and then we had another guy, Mo La Rochelle. Uh, that was we originally in Oklahoma, and then he moved to Louisiana. But they were both great cartoonists, uh, and so we we bought all those cartoons from them. We commissioned them to to draw them. A lot of them for us. They provided those, and I'd, so I'd pick one out every Sunday. I I don't know about you, but I grew up. You know, my family read the daily newspaper, and every Sunday was a big deal because we had the the uh, big color comic section. The, we call it the Sunday Funnies, so that's what I that's what I named this, and, uh, and I say Sunday Sunday Funnies start your week with a laugh. And in fact, we had a whole page of the Stars and Strikes that was nothing but jokes and cartoons, and it was one of one of the most popular pages in the in the paper every month. Oh, it certainly was. You know, um, I used to get the Bowler's Journal as an example. I'd always go to the back page and read all the editorial stuff in the back. And Byron Showman, remember him? He he hit yeah. that page for years, and Dressel had it for years, and Bob Johnson had it. Uh, I'd always go to the back page when I get when I got the your your magazine, Stars and Strikes. I'd go right to the comics. It was uh, it was so funny. It was great. And and Warren yeah, ours was always on the inside inside back cover is where we is where we put it every month. And one thing, I might have said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, one time I was a little under the weather, I had to have an operation. I was laying in bed, and he sent me a cartoon. And the cartoon was me laying in a bed, and a couple of waiters and waitresses are marching around the room. They all had their hands up in the air with 
carrying a tray of food and stuff. And the doctor walked in and he said, what is going on here? I said to give him a catheter, not a caterer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Walt was, uh, Walt was terrific. He was oh. a World War II vet and he started drawing cartoons when he was in the Merchant Marines. You know, in those, in, you know, going across the ocean in those, in those ships, and and um, he never stopped, and he did thousands, thousands, until he finally passed away in 2010. He was 80 years old. He was just uh, a, on top of being a great cartoonist and artist, and uh, he was just one of the nicest people you've ever met. Sure was. In fact, one of these times, and we're going to do this continuously. It, maybe even once a month if I can keep you, you know, that active uh, that long. But we're going to talk a lot about Walt. And I got another great story about Walt that I want to say for the next time. But I want to focus in on another picture here. But I saw this picture and uh, all the hairs grew up on my arm and all that. And it was a picture that was near and dear to you, your heart and my heart. When uh, there was a picture of two of the greatest. Paula and Don Carter, and she was holding a bouquet of flowers. So what was that one about, Pards? That was, I believe, I think 2011, if I'm not mistaken, when when we, uh, uh, I was the chairman of the Sam Levine Flowers for the Living Committee for many years. I followed, uh, Jim Dressel was chairman for 16 years, and then and then I was chairman for another 20 years after that, I think. But we'd give that award every year, and, and uh, Don Carter had won it many years ago. And we started thinking about it, and we said, gosh, somebody nominated Paula because she's done so much for the game. And when we did give it to her, when she was elected, we had a committee of about a dozen people. They're industry veterans and, and experts, and they voted uh, voted her to uh, win the award, and when we did, I remember a guy named uh, Lynn Nicholson traveled all the way across the country to Florida just to make the surprise presentation at a PBA senior event in Florida. So I'm sure it was uh, one of the best experiences for you, and it certainly was for her. We got the nicest uh, thank you from her after that happened. Yeah, it was a total surprise to them. And uh, once again, you said 12 years ago, doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was. But once again, the hairs are all standing up in my arm. I still stay in touch with Paula a lot. and uh, She stays very active. She's always involved with kids down there. And, and she's just an awesome gal. But you know, there's another yeah. picture. Uh, she's on Facebook a lot. She's a, In fact, she uses, she uses the Don Carter moniker on her on her Facebook. So I get a lot of comments from her on the photos. She loves all that old stuff. Uh, speaking of Carter, uh, one of my other favorite pictures, because uh, I got to know this lady, her name was Laverne Tart uh, Carter, and she was vivacious. And the one picture on there, she's jumping up in the air about three or four feet up in the air. And she's showing off a nice looking leg. She was a beautiful gal, but, uh, Laverne Carter, did you get to know her at all? Yes, I did. I was one of the lucky ones that that uh, got to know her. I mean, the first time I ever saw her was when she won the 1964 All-Star Tournament in Dallas. Of course, I knew who she was every day after that. I, I was a teenager at the time. And then and then in the later years, she uh, she lived in Las Vegas, and she was very good friends with 
Jeanette Robinson. And, of course, Jeanette was like family to us. And so we got together with her and Jeanette several times, and and uh, we had them at one of our banquets for the regional PWBA players one time. And she uh, she told some stories that were just amazing. She was a incredible storyteller. And, uh, and she had some great ones to tell about some of the great sports stars that uh, used to hang out with her and her husband, you know, Mickey Mantle and Sam Usual and a lot of the other people that in in uh, sports that that were um, considered on the same level as Don Carter. He was he was like the king of sports back then. All right, here's two more names that uh, I know I can't surprise you with these names, but very famous in the bowling game. Uh, the business part of it uh, is there with another guy that invented a lot of lane machines. It was John Laspina and John Davis. They were there in that one picture together. What a great picture. Oh, yeah. Laspina seemed like everywhere I'd go in bowling, I, you know, Laspina would be there. He, he was president of the BPAA and in their Hall of Fame. And I think I first met him in the in the 80s when we had a convention in Hawaii. But He's a he's a great guy, and everywhere we we see him, it's uh, it's amazing. And I, of course, I don't. You could talk about all day about John Davis, and both of us could about what a genius he was, and and what he did for bowling, and not just in the United States, but worldwide. He's one of the few people that was famous all over the planet. There was. Uh, he's well missed. I'll tell you why. He left a, a legacy behind. All the machines that he sold around the world, they're all pretty much still being used. But uh, he's up, his company's upgraded them. And uh, I remember Ramo Pachetti, who was the, the godfather of lanes and oil back in the day, uh, he had a machine. He sold it for 6000 And when John invented his machine, said it was 25000 Ramo says, you'll never sell any of those, that price. Well, they're selling now for forty thousand. So, John yeah, had some crazy. Vision. He had some. Yeah, I, I first met him. I bought when I was in the business. I bought one of his key machines from him, handheld uh, lane device, and and he went on from there to to do all of the incredible things that he did with the robotic machines. Yeah, for sure, you know. And, and speaking about John Laspina, you talk about a class man. Um, I barely knew him. I met him once or twice, and then somewhere on the road there, I guess if you're around long enough, you get a couple of awards. I got an award, and about three days later, I got a really nice email from him. Oh, congratulate. I mean, this guy probably didn't even know my name, but he took time to send me this card. Actually, I printed it out. It's on my wall right here from John Laspina. Congratulations, so. What a gentleman. I mean, for being in a high position like he was, to look down at me and say, congratulations, I hold that dearly. Yeah, terrific man. He's a, you and you and John have something in common. You're, you're both winners of the uh, Sam Levine Flowers for the Living Award. Well, I know how that came about. I'm sure I had some close friends that, <laughs> that, that knew me and, and figured they needed somebody big. I don't know why, but... I, I treasure that award too, Pards, but I want to get on with another one because there's so many names here. I don't want to run out of time, but I will. I'm going to run out of time. The good thing about this show, we can do it again in another month. So, yeah. 
you had a picture there of two of my favorites of all time. Two classy gentlemen, two all-time PBA stars, Hall of Famers, ABC, USBC, whatever you want to call it, PBA. It was a picture of Billy Hardwick and Dave Suthar. Do you remember what that picture was all about? Yeah, that was the 1993 ABC at the time, USBC now, Senior Masters Tournament in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that was the very first Senior Masters that they did. And they they made up a little plaque with a logo on it. And so I grabbed those two guys and and had them hold the plaque between them and, uh, and took their photo. And it's a, it's a great photo and a great reminder of how all that Senior Masters got started. Very good. I'm proud of you, Pards. Uh, like you said, you got 2,400 or so pictures, photographs, and I, I know you could give a description of each and every one of them. But here's another one, a little bit off the wall, and we're going to add some information that a lot of people don't know, but it was about a, a PBA bowler that had eight titles. He was a lefty. His name was John Mazza. Oh, yeah, John Mazza's picture is on today i think i think he's uh he's the photo of the day as we speak and um like it says he won eight titles he didn't get a lot of attention it seems like uh for somebody that had that many titles but but he was a fierce competitor and and very intense on the lanes and i remember he won gary beck's tournament one time when gary gary put on that uh dick weber classic tournament um in virginia I think it was in Virginia, but anyway, John Mazza won it, and then, you know, he came back and did another one after that. But, but uh, he was a great competitor and and, uh, and one of the great players of the PBA in that era. Yeah, well, one of my secrets about John, it wasn't much of a secret when out there on the tour, but uh, we were bowling at uh, the PBA was bowling at Earl Anthony's Bowl way back in the day, and uh, he asked me if I wanted to go play. I said, yeah. I didn't know how good he was, but he says, I'm, I got a match with Earl. He says, I'd like you to come and watch it and be our fourth. Okay. So Earl was a heck of a golfer, you know, and I thought, wow, I hope this guy John knows what he's getting into. They played dead even at one of the toughest courses in Northern California. I didn't know Mazza was a good golfer. He was great. Yeah, good athlete and, and, uh, and one of the nicest guys, too, when he wasn't. When he wasn't bowling against you, he was a, he was a really good guy. He sure was. You know, somewhere along the line here, I'm going to talk a little bit about my Phantom Radio Junior Bowlers Club. But uh, what I want to do is I'm going to mention a couple more, and then I'll talk a little bit about that. Then I want to give you the last word. So while we're thinking about that, what your last word of this show is going to be, I got a couple more here I want to mention first. Um, there's a ribbon cutting ceremony with two of the greatest people of all time in the bowling industry, Pat and Lisa Sinello. Remember that one? Oh yeah, 2015. That wasn't too long ago. Um, they opened this amazing center in Fort Myers, Florida, called Headpins, H-E-A-D-P-I-N-Z. And Pat, of course, was a former chairman of the International Bowling Museum and Hall of Fame. And he loves bowling history. And so when he built that bowling center in, in Fort Myers, he put in four lanes at the, uh, on the low end of the house that were circa 1908. 
and they had a you know if you walked into that room and it was like walking into a bowling center and from that era with the they had a bar from that era and a pool table and the four lanes and and a overhead ball returns and no automatic pin setters and and then all of the employees in that area dressed in 1908 uniforms and so they had a lot of they had a lot of parties there where people could step back in time and have a uh, have a great time and that was that was the grand opening and uh cj and i went down and and uh i did a story a cover story for bowling uh bowling industry magazine for that cool you know um i can't imagine i've said this before not on our show but other shows i just can't imagine how many emails and uh texts that they had that back in the day when johnny carson and Jay Leno and all those guys were doing the late night shows because I get a ton of emails and I don't have near the audience, you know, that those guys on late night TV had, but especially the last one, when we did this show before last month, I got, I don't know, 75, 80 emails about, man, keep this up. We love looking at the old pictures like you and I, and we could, we could talk all day long about most of these. And it's really true. Pictures are worth a thousand words, man. This is awesome. Yep. Well, anyway, we enjoy putting them up out there, and and people enjoy looking at them. And we're gonna keep doing it. Like I said, it's a it's a pretty good collection, over two thousand photos. And if you if you like uh, looking back in time and seeing some of those great uh, memories, then all you got to do is follow the page, and and uh, you can spend a lot of time doing it. Yeah, and one time, uh, I'm not really literate with computers. I'm an old-timer. I grew up with a typewriter with two fingers. Uh, tell people that don't really know how they can see these on a daily basis. Well, just go to Facebook and put in my name. And, uh, you know, and if that doesn't work, put in the word bowling. I'm, I'm sure it'll come up. <laughs> and then you can uh, you can go to the, to the page and just uh, start clicking on them. There's even a... There's even a feature on there that Facebook provides for everybody, I believe. That's that's uh, you can click on it and it gives you a whole sheet of photos at the at the same time. So if you want to look at a, a dozen at a time, you can do it that way. But yeah, you, know, you don't. When you do that, you don't get all the paragraphs that go with them. So yeah. it's easier if you if you just scroll down the uh, the list and you can uh, you can read the little stories that go with each photo. All right, cool. So. I got one more, and then I'll talk a little bit about the kids, and then I'll make way for you for the last word, okay? Okay. So here's one, a fellow I don't know. I never had the opportunity to meet him, but his name is Pete Moore, and he's in there with a guy named Nelson Burton Jr. or Sr. What was that all about? Yeah, well, Pete, Pete was one of my mentors, and, you know, Bob Strickland and I used to hang out at Pete's place of business it was he was a professional photographer and he loved bowling he was a member of the dallas bowling association board of directors and 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 he uh he was an official photographer for years for brunswick and in fact they, they even flew him out to to vegas to take pictures at the the event they did at caesar's palace there that carolyn anderton and judy sutar and vesma grenfields bowled in they flew him out in the corporate jet and he took those pictures but and he was a he was another World War II guy. Took a lot of photos over the years, and and we just loved him. He was 
he uh, he used to run moonshine in Virginia when he was a young man, and they gave him a choice: you either go to jail or go to the army. And so <laughs> he went to the army and became a photographer. He ended up being a personal assistant and photographer for General Jimmy Doolittle. Wow. Amazing, amazing man. Yeah. And uh, and of course Nellie Burton Jr. He used to own a bowling center in Dallas called Brantley Burton Bowl near downtown Dallas back in the 30s and 40s. And and then of course he was up in St. Louis and it's uh, you know Bo Burton's dad for those younger people that may not know. And he was a great guy. He came out to the uh, great and greatest tournament that that Jeannie Halsey had in 1979 and at her center in Irving, Texas and. That's where I took the photo of uh, of Nellie and Pete, and they had known each other from from back in the day, you know, from his bowling center and from Lakewood Lanes in Dallas, where they used to hang out and bowl a few matches. Uh, Bo Burton Sr., Joe, Nelson Burton Sr., uh, he was a hell of a bowler back in the day, right? Oh, yeah. He's a, he was an action bowler. You know, if you ever get a chance to talk to Bo, just to ask him about some of the things that his dad did it was pretty amazing i'm i wouldn't be surprised i never saw it happen but i wouldn't be surprised if if he and lillard didn't get into it in the in those centers that i just mentioned <laughs> yeah all right parts well listen i want to talk a little bit about my uh phantom radio junior bowling club that we started back in actually about a month and a half ago march 15th was the day we kicked it off and uh, we advertise it just a little bit in Facebook. And since then, we've gotten 89 members, and it's a club that's free. All we want to do is give exposure to the kids. Uh, they join, they get a prize. If uh, they if they send in a question or send in a comment about the show, we send them another prize. We want them to be, you know, active with our show. All we're going to do is support and, and publicize the juniors because they deserve it and they're coming up. Without them, we got no future. So we're hoping for that will happen, that this publicity will help them get started a little bit better. I appreciate what the PBA is doing. They got a junior club now going on. And uh, Randy Brown, he's he's been running tournaments. Uh, Billy Gasson, he's involved in the juniors. I mean, Nick Hogan, I mean, the juniors around the country are getting to be fantastic. Uh, some of these kids are, are just unbelievably good bowlers. There's this one gal, she's 13, I saw her the other day. She could go on the women's tour right now. She's awesome. But uh, if they just mention our show, uh, we'll give them a prize. If, if the 100th uh, sign-up, whoever becomes a the the guest that becomes a hundred is going to get a, an appearance on the show with one of their parents, father or mother. They'll come on the show. We'll talk bowling. We'll publicize them. All we want to do is promote these kids. And like I say, they're going to all get prizes. Uh, that's all we want to do is keep helping those kids. Maybe someday some big sponsor will come along and give a million dollars to the junior programmer. Or some darn thing. You can wish and hope all you want, but unless you start doing some talking, nobody knows about it. If they just send their name in me, into me, it's SaveOurSport at Yahoo.com. That's S-A-V-R-S-P-R-T at Yahoo.com. And we'll promote you the best we can and give you as much publicity as we can. So 
take a look, check out the Phantom Radio Junior Bowlers Club. All right, Jim, uh, I told you I'd give you the last word, whatever you want to say. The stage is yours. Well, that's a wonderful thing you're doing for the juniors. So let's talk about them a little bit. That's that's probably the greatest thing that's going in bowling today. And I, CJ and I had a chance to work with uh, Gary Beck a few times at his team Masters Tournament, and I could not be more impressed with the quality of the players, both the boys and the girls that were in that event. And, of course, Junior Gold is, is probably the premier event event for USBC, maybe the best thing at all at USBC. And I just I just hope it continues to grow. And somehow maybe this thing you're doing and some other things, uh, we can get more junior leagues started in bowling centers. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that, that only about half or maybe less than half of the bowling centers in the country even have a junior program these days. And so if we can ever get that going again, I think the game is going to continue to to grow and get uh, get bigger and better than it is today. Wow, that's well said, my friend. And yes, uh, I know all of us, all the people our age that are involved in bowling, we all started out in a junior program. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't understand why they don't have it. It's a big entity for any bowling center to get them kids in there. It's, it's extra bonus money for the weekends and whatnot. And it's a game for life. It's the only game I know you can still do when you're 80 years old. So yeah, you get the get the kids in and on Saturday morning and, and other times during the week. And and what you what you end up finding out is that they bring their families with them, and they uh, they end up being a you know being a big source of business for a lot of bowling centers. So I hope more of them get involved. Me too, Parr. So listen. Uh, Keep your schedule open. We're going to do this again next month. We'll pick a date, whatever's convenient for both of us, and we'll do it again. And we're going to wear out all your pictures because we're going to show them all eventually. I hope we live that long, my friend. But anyway, the old clock on the wall tells me we're out of time, and I look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have another great guest to talk to, and I want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman from the High Roller and also Dave Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan, who just recently got inducted into the Michigan Hall of Fame. And Jim, thanks again for being our guest. Give my love to your wife, CJ. And bowling fans, this is The Phantom. When you're down and troubled And you need some love and care Nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me.